0: Almost a century after his death, the name Harry Houdini is synonymous with illusion, showmanship and death-defying feats. In the early 20th century, his escape stunts were a sensation. Audiences would watch in fascinated awe as he broke free of shackles while submerged in water or worked himself out of a straitjacket while suspended from a tall building. What you might not know is that the Hungarian-born escape artist has a few connections to Ireland. Our reporter, Mark McMenamin, has the story.
1: Houdini was known far and wide as the greatest escapologist and illusionist that the world had ever seen. To heighten the realism of his performances, he'd asked people to build some kind of container around him, from which he would escape. In Belfast, the directors of Harland and Wolf Shipyard, sensing an opportunity for some publicity... ...challenged Houdini to his greatest escape attempt to date. This is historian Aaron Amweney.
2: It's one of the lesser known things about Houdini... ...is that he has at least two links to Ireland... ...and to Belfast uh, specifically. In January 1909 he appeared at Belfast's Hippodrome Theatre... ...where the directors of Harland and Wolf ...had him encased in a large sealed chest... ...made from the same wood that they were using... ...to build their latest liner the ill-fated Titanic.
1: This is magician and illusionist Rua, who himself is a massive Houdini fan. He performed in Belfast. There's also uh, some evidence
3: that shows he performed down in Cork, in the opera house down in Cork, and he performed somewhere in Nuri as well. And he travelled over, and part of his publicity stunts was, was always to say that anyone could build... Or encapsulate him in some kind of locking mechanism. You can build a box around me. He famously once escaped from the belly of a massive shark of some kind in the States. And the guys in the Harland and Wolf shipyard heard about this. And took this as a challenge and said, well we could build
1: a crate around Houdini to see could he escape from it. Houdini's escape from the dock of Harland and Wolf was a huge draw for audiences.
2: Performing to a a sellout crowd, Houdini offered 50 pounds to anybody who could show that it was possible to live or breed within the construct once it was filled with water. So he got into this tank and was lowered into the chilly waters of Donegal Quay. He slipped out in less than two minutes, leaving the chest intact and drawing a a rapturous applause from the attendant crowd. Houdini confided in his wife
1: that the Belfast escape was the toughest of his career. Here, Ruo reads from Bess Houdini's diary. Of husky crews ambitious to
3: construct packing cases to hold the escape artist, there was seemingly no end. Each fresh group of challengers seemed to think that their predecessors had not exercised sufficient vigilance. The toughest of these challenges was in Belfast, Ireland, where employees of the Harlan and Wolf shipyards Nailed up Houdini in a chest made of the timber which has been used in the construction of the Titanic. Houdini slipped out in a few minutes, leaving the chest intact and added Ireland to his list of conquests. Ladies and gentlemen, I take great pleasure in introducing my latest invention, the Water Tortoise.
1: That's the voice of Harry Houdini himself from 1914, uttering the introductory words to one of his most famous escape acts, the Water Torture Cell. In this performance, a shackled Houdini was lowered upside down into a tank filled with water.
3: One thousand dollars to anyone who can prove that it is possible to obtain air inside
2: The intrigue of trying to figure out how these illusions are undertaken and trying to work out how they're done uh, is something I think that certainly captivates modern audiences. And he will remain, on the basis of his his amazing feats at the time, somebody who, who continues to captivate audiences for a time to come.
3: Speaking for all magicians, Houdini, he took magic from the kind of days of the wizards, and what people believed to be wizardry, and helped to bring it into the limelight and really give magic such an incredible name and a place as a serious art form. But not only that, he used to put his life on the line and he really sent this message to the working classes in America that you can achieve anything if you put your mind to it. So he was this superhero of performing arts magic and he was the everyman hero as well and he really put magic on the map for a lot of us performers and even today when when we still perform people will still refer to houdini the great harry houdini and stuff like that so his legend definitely lives on
0: Mark McMenamin was reporting there on Harry Houdini in Belfast, the city where he performed one of his most difficult feats of escapology. Mark joins me now. Mark, you've been finding out more about Houdini's life and that performance in Belfast is not by any means his only link to Ireland. Tell me about the mysterious Inspector Melville.
1: Well, I mean, there's a lot of connections that Houdini has with Ireland outside of what you've just heard. I suppose one of the most interesting is his connections with Inspector William Melville, who himself is a native, or was a native, of Sneem in County Kerry. Now, Melville was a British law enforcement officer and was the first chief uh, of the British Secret Service Bureau. Uh, listeners maybe in England might know him better as the man who thwarted uh, an attempt on the life of Queen Victoria. He meets Houdini in nineteen. 19- and they become quite friendly uh, when Melville is working at Scotland Yard and uh, Houdini actually travels to Scotland Yard to kind of show off his skills as an escapologist he releases himself from a, a set of police handcuffs owned by Melville and they befriend each other and he actually shows uh, Melville how to pick locks so Houdini shows him how to pick locks now the interesting thing about Melville is that he's involved in espionage and he's involved in uh, the special branch and kind of the running of spies and there's some kind of evidence that he may or may not have got Houdini involved in spy work and espionage now Why, might you ask, would he get Houdini involved? Well, Houdini was a very, very famous person at this particular period in time. He had access to people all over the world, royalty, celebrities, and he would have been in a great position to do some spy work for uh,
0: Inspector Melville in Scotland Yard. Well, Melville, of course, goes on then to become M. He becomes the, the head of the Secret Intelligence Service. So I no doubt that if he was going to recruit anybody, Houdini would be a great person to recruit. But one of Houdini's obsessions, as we know, was debunking and disproving the claims of psychics and, and mediums. And one of those, one of the most prominent of those, I think, was also in Ireland.
1: Yeah Houdini had a, a somewhat of a, an obsession of trying to disprove what he what he called charlatans what he termed as people who were fake spirit mediums who felt i suppose were taking advantage of people who uh, who didn't know better they would charge into these sort of seances and and they would be able to tell people that they could speak to the dead now one of the most famous of all of these was a girl named kathleen uh, gallagher or gallagher depending on your pronunciation it's spelled g-o-l-i-g-h-e-r and kathleen uh, gallagher or gallagher was from belfast uh, she's actually from the holy lands in belfast now Her and her family claimed that she was able to communicate with the dead, to speak to the dead and communicate with spirits. And she was also able to issue ectoplasm from her body, okay, or so to speak. Now, the strange thing was that the Gallagher family weren't charging into these seances, but they had become extremely well-known in England and Ireland, because of them. You know, a casual look at the British newspaper database, if you look at the newspapers from the time, all over the United Kingdom and in Ireland, there's references to this family, to this Gallagher family. Now, this, of course, infuriated Houdini because it was something that he was very much against. And he and uh, a physicist named Edmund uh, Fournier alb they went to investigate this. Now, the ruse was that they were using some muslin cloth Tacked as the ectoplasm that was issuing from uh, Kathleen Gallagher's body, and because the kind of these seances were held in the dark, what they soon discovered was that it was a piece of muslin cloth that was being controlled by her family members, and there was this elaborate ruse going on in the dark, and they were able to conceal it because of kind of it was so obscure and hard to see. So he, they disproved this, and uh, it's one of many cases where Houdini is involved in disproving these fake mediums and charlatans, as he calls them.
0: Now, he died in 1926 at the very early age of 52. Tell us what we know about his death and were there any Irish connections there?
1: Well, it's very, very interesting. I suppose most people kind of associate his death with the water torture trick, which is not not true. That's not actually how he died. In his act, what he would do is he would invite somebody from the audience to come up and Punch him in the stomach, okay? So he would claim that he could take a punch off any man, and this would be part of the act. And he would tense himself up, and he would take the punch, and he would absorb it, and he would challenge people in the audience to do this. And in 1926, on October 31st, on Halloween, no less, he made a similar challenge on stage. And afterwards, a gentleman came to the uh, the dressing room where he was laying out on kind of a chaise lounge and said to Houdini, basically, you're the man that can take a punch from any man. And before Houdini had a chance to get up, the man hit him three times in the stomach very, very, very hard. And uh, what it ended up doing was it ended up rupturing his appendix and he actually dies of peritonitis, the infection from it, on Halloween night on 1926. Now, the guy that punched him in the stomach uh, runs away and disappears off into the night. But it comes out in later years that there is a connection to the spiritualist movement that Houdini had spent his his latter years trying to disprove. So there's a, there's a connection there. So we're not too sure how Houdini died. There's a school of thought that he obviously he died of the punches in the stomach, but the causes for it. There's a school of thought that maybe it was the spiritualists getting their own back on him. Maybe it was connected to his uh, shady dealings with Inspector Melville and that he had seen too much and had been offed as a spy. Or maybe it was just a sad and tragic accident. I suppose we'll never really know.
0: Indeed we won't, Mark. Uh, Thanks for joining us this evening and sharing those details about the life and the enigmatic death of Harry Houdini. Mark McMenamin there. That's all we've time for on this evening's programme. Details of all our items as well as podcasts are available on our website, rte.ie forward slash history show. Our researcher is Liz Gillis. The History Show is a Pegasus production for RTE. For now, from me, Miles Dungan, and producer Lorcan Clancy, goodbye and thanks for listening.